Desert lands are sources not resource. Stephen Trimble. Many, possibly most, encounter a desert and see a wasteland, wilds devoid of any visible resource to exploit for profit, a land not worth the time it takes to exit the car and breathe in the dry, hot air. These types lack the vision necessary to see beyond apodictic rock, beyond barbed thorns, beyond dripping venom, beyond buzzing tails. Their impression of the desert is a barren landscape because what they see is a projection of their fetid souls, a reflection of an infertile imagination. Their instinct is to flee, to escape, to avoid the void. And I say good riddance. Don't let the cactus hit you on the ass on your way out. Leave the desert peaceful for those of us able to see behind the facade, for those of us who thrive in solitude. What the desert lacks in profitable resources pales as a distant second to the wealth it holds as source. The desert nurtures a fecund silence from which the soul enjoys fringed margins for meditation, silence feeding spiritual sustenance, vast distances for mystical manifestations. It is the emptiness that enables the soul to expand, to wander outside the human shell and discover wisdom. The silence creates the mental space to detect the suzerations of the universe, the murmurings of rock, the whisperings of God. Did not the prophets of old meet with God in the desert? Did they not receive special revelation from the voice of God singing through the rocks and cacti, a burning bush? And then there are the modern prophets. Ed Abbey's desert writings healed eyes blind to one and in callous destruction of natural lands. R.J. Garn's desert magic music emerged from rustling cottonwood leaves, the chatter of river running over rock, the echoing heart of God bouncing off slot canyon walls. Time spent alone in the desert is the path to becoming a holy sage. It is in austerity we live life wholly alive, completely aware. The desert dryness sucks all the pretension out of the human system leaving a framework of exposed nerves sensitive to the gentlest breeze, the most delicate vibration, the voice of the universe escaping from the limb of a gnarled juniper older than time itself. Desert existence is as clear as the turquoise sky is blue, a sky without end laced with sparkling light, rendering sharpness in personal introspection. The prophets heard goddess because they allowed their spirits to bask in the stillness ripening it for an infusion of solitude required to hear the murmurations carrying wisdom from a collective consciousness mistakenly thought taciturn because we can't quiet ourselves internally. They were open to revelations coming like a hawk soaring high in the blue before shooting toward earth only to rise again with a limp rabbit in curved talons. In my brief times wandering the desert, I realized I am kin to old man grasshopper with the skinny limbs and the red dots on its face. We chatted until it was dismembered by a black scorpion at which time scorpion spoke to me of life underground. Given enough time, communication is possible with all beings. From the noisy coyote, the croaking raven, the flickering tongue of rattlesnake, the undulations of fluttering leaves as the dance with the wind. And, when all else is expunged, the voice of God emerges. The goddess speaks, continuously. We are, unable to hear against the backdrop of city din. We exist distracted by noise, by the idiot box, by the curse of busyness, by a discomfort with solitude, by the internal voice nagging us away from introspection. By contrast, in the desert the solitude is ubiquitous. There's never din to dodge. It helps to be a person of little words for the silence separating words, the lull between thoughts is when the desert speaks to us and wisdom becomes manifest in our being. I want to give all my attention to the desert. Submit to her completely. I don't want to photograph her. I want to become her. Tilda Scott Stillman. 11 Deck 2020